tempted to say, that's my time. Good night, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> we, that'll be it. Uh, that'll be it for today. Enjoy the next two hours of silence. Gene has used up his wit before the <laughs> intro music even started. Oh, there's a lot of folks who suggest I used up my wit years <laughs> ago. There's been some suggestions. Oh, my goodness. I wish you guys could have been in on that. The last. No, you don't want to. Oh my <laughs> gosh, you are so harsh. He's not. Uh, how long have you been married? Mm, um. Oh my gosh, uh, it'll be 19 years in November. Wow. Gosh, we are. We're 19 years in September. Yeah, two months apart. Yeah. Wow, we've been married way longer than you. <laughs> but yeah, you're uh, you're definitely a 19. Your wife, <coughs> wife, <coughs> wife. Mm. Uh, I'm giving him a hard time. Uh, he deserves it. Apparently, uh, and and apparently, I invite abuse because people just accept the invitation everywhere, particularly wives. And there was a time in my youth, in my youth, in my youth, you're on these two youths. Uh, in my youth. When I thought, uh, yeah, well, you know, at some point my wife will be giving me a hard time. I didn't realize that once you're married, it gives all wives everywhere free pass to abuse the crap out of you. <laughs> That's apparently a rule. I, yeah, I, I guess. I don't <laughs> now she's, well, I, I hadn't really thought about it. I <laughs> just thought I was having fun uh-huh. abusing the crap out of you. Uh-huh. Welcome to More Than Money, the voices you're hearing are the usual suspects. That's my second film reference in under two minutes. The usual suspects. You've got Gene Dickinson, your host, Alyssa Young, financial advisor extraordinaire. You've been a busy girl. I have. Goodness. Yeah. Lots going on. There are a lot of um, a lot of things going on. I, um, you, Gene says that because every time he walks by my desk lately, I've got stacks of... Folders all over the place. Thank God we're a paperless society. Yeah, right. <laughs> Not so much. Um, but yeah, lots of lots of good stuff. Been talking with a lot of people and wonderful people. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Some great. of the um, and I don't get to meet every single one of your new clients, but the folks I meet are so wonderful. They're nice. Mm-hmm. They're engaging. They're smart. They're fun. Yeah, I've They're been fun. enjoying my time with all these nice people. Uh, they tend to make fun of me too, huh? Go figure. Oh yeah, one of one of my clients said to me as he left that you look good for eight hundred years old. Yeah. <laughs> hey, get it right, buddy. It's seven hundred and eighty. Well, no, he figured you had seven hundred eighty years of experience, so you're probably about eight hundred years old. Get he... it right, buddy. It's seven. Uh, okay, sorry. Yeah. Just uh, he was calculating yeah. age. Yeah. Yeah, he was. Yeah, he figured you were probably. See, about I told 20. you our, your clients are smart. They're smart. Yeah. They're thinking through it, he, and he gave me credit. I started at twenty. Yeah. Probably junior high school, kind of a. <laughs> Welcome to More Than Money. If you are a loyal listener, you know the insanity starts just this way every Saturday morning about 8.05. We offer the invitation for you to join the insanity. It, it's not that insane. It's just fun. Um, there's uh, We take our work seriously. We give you the very best that we've got. I think it's fairly clear we don't take ourselves very seriously <laughs> at all. And uh, that actually adds quite a bit to the entire process. So if you are the kind of person that appreciates high quality and experienced advice, 780 years, likely at least 800 years old, 
goodness. Actually, this morning, uh, sunrise, I, f- I felt every bit of 800 years. Oh, up too late, up too early, uh, lots of family obligations and requests. and. <sighs> yeah, I yeah. feel that way, too. And, and you're not even close to no, 800. No, not even not close. Not even close. Jeez, just a baby, probably no more than a couple hundred years old. So uh, if you are just joining us for the very first time, we welcome you. We think uh, whatever part of the next couple of hours you can spend with us will be useful for you, uh, informative for you, uh, insightful for you. If at any point you find yourself being even mildly entertained, we sincerely apologize. It was never our intention. (laughs) Sure. Um, We talk about all manner of financial topics from investments to retirement, from income taxes to Roth IRAs, 529 plans, estate planning. We had a great interview last week uh, with Keith Stroll. What a good guy. What a smart estate planning attorney he is. And yet, I understand everything he Mm -hmm. says. There's no jargon. There's no making it more confusing than it needs to be. There's no over-the-top look at me shiny object it's just really 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 the kind of advice that you hope for when you find a trusted uh, legal counsel and we have keith indeed and we talked about powers of attorney and medical directives and basic wills and basic trust a lot of basic stuff that was really really helpful but 70 percent of you don't have any wills gotta get them done Uh, And business, we talk about starting a business, running a business, liquidating a business, perhaps passing a business on. We haven't talked about that in a long time. Succession planning for passing a business from one generation to another or from uh, the founders of a company to successor owners. There's lots of ways that that can happen. And all of those topics are absolutely on the table. Uh, Lots of ways to join us. Uh, Old school, easily, 610-610. 720-7900, you'll talk to the ever effervescent Mr. Sunshine, absolutely electric. <laughs> He's bubbly over there. He's, and bubbly. Bubbly mm-hmm. is good. Uh, Mr. John Elliott, you'll talk to John at 610-720-7900. He'll get you squared away, and then we'll rely on Alyssa to answer all the questions today because... I'm just, sleepy. I'm just trying to stay hydrated. I really am. <laughs> Thank heavens Megan gave me this. Yeah. Has just been one of the most useful gifts I've ever gotten. My hydro flask. Is that what it's called? Mm-hmm. I got it right? Yes. <gasps> She'll be so proud. <laughs> well, later when she hears it because she doesn't feel well. She's under yeah, the weather. Yeah, I hope she's sleeping. Getting yes. Some rest. Yes, absolutely. I feel better, yeah. 610-720-7900. You can also email Alyssa, A-L-Y-S-S-A, at askmtm.com. Alyssa, A-L-Y-S-S-A, at askmtm.com. Gene, G-E-N-E, at askmtm.com. And wherever you have access to the Internet, wherever someone you care about, has access to the internet, you can give them a quick call. Say, hey, go online, morethanmoneyonline.com. They can go from their smartphone, from their uh, tablet, from their workstation, morethanmoneyonline.com. There's a magic red button. 
hit that red button and you are listening live through the miracles of iHeartMedia and modern technology. And then if you have a question during the show, you just hit the Ask Gene button. It comes right to us directly. And um, we have a, uh, I was going to say pecking order, priority list of phone calls come first. Yes. Uh, Current emails come second. And then we have a fistful of emails that also uh, we will answer as we are able to folks that have emailed us during the week. And um, as always, we've got some some info, some surprises. Uh, 8.45, who's calling in? Mark Belsack. Uh, he is a financial advisor on our team, mm-hmm. and um, he's got some great insights to share in light of <sighs> the uh, quite volatile market that you we've think? been experiencing Um Especially during the past week, but it's really been like this for two months. Two or, months. Yeah. So, eight weeks. Yeah. So Mark's going to call in at eight forty-five, and um, we're going to talk with him about some things that you could, you should consider when it comes to your investments and your portfolio during times like these. Uh, so we look forward to that. We've got some information. You're, you're continuing. You're acquiring a lot of education and, and background and. The program that you're in is really, really dynamic. Yeah, yeah, it is. I'm studying to become a retirement income certified professional. And so I'm learning lots of stuff that's really relevant to most of my clients and prospects right now. So um, I've been taking notes about the things that I like to share here on the radio as well. But I've already been able to integrate a lot of that into conversations I'm having. And um, I, you know, I say I can say to people, I'll be able, I'll be better equipped to help you in more, just, it's just more depth and more specifically mm. with things. Um, I'm excited about that. So I've got lots of nuggets of information compiled that we can um, share with all of you. And when you hear something that perks up your ears, you can mm. call us and we can talk about how, you know, you can use it in your planning and Yeah, I'm really excited for you that you're going through this program. Um, I was one of the first certified financial planners a thousand years ago. Mm -hmm. Um, It was uh, most of the homework was parchment paper and quill pens. It was a little (laughs) there wasn't a lot of online. Well, there was no Internet then. uh, No. Oh, well, no. I mean, there was we crossed the line a lot, but that's another story for another time. But it was. Gosh, a long, long time ago, I, I don't um, I, I don't hang my certified financial planner uh, diploma. I don't put that on my cards. What I do is exactly what you're doing. I used it. I continue to use it to better communicate with my clients. The ideas, the concepts, the strategies, the tactics are are what they are. It's allowing uh, us to more effectively help a client uh, understand predominantly, or at least fundamentally, um, uh, absorb and, 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 and uh, respond appropriately for them, because it's all about being appropriate for them, mm-hmm. but it gives us tools. It gives us wordsmithing tools, and it gives us ways that we can explain things, and, and ways that, that, that we've looked at the same idea, but coming at it from a very different direction. Yeah. Really powerful stuff. Yeah, yeah. I'm really grateful for for the opportunity. So I've been doing my best to squeeze in, you know, kind of carve out a part of my day, whether it's at work or at night, 
to to study and then I have a study group every week that it's a group of financial advisors from around the country. We get together on a Zoom call and kind of do like a quiz and talk through answers with each other. And then I'll take a test in the beginning of April for this first course. And then there's two more courses after that. So, um, yeah, I, I'm trying to soak it all up and, um, you know, hopefully be even a better, better financial advisor for all of you. Well, uh, one of the skills I have uh, identified, I identified, I identified, no one knew before I met Alyssa. <laughs> uh, she's a sponge, soaks up information, soaks up, soaks up uh, data and, and ideas and translates them uh, incredibly well. So uh, if you're soaking up, that makes sense because you're a sponge. <laughs> 610, better than being a squid. I'm just saying. Just Never thought of it then. Exactly. See, I that's insightful. A, that's, I had a teacher in school who said sponge. Every time he said sponge. 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 Yeah, every time. Sponge. Because it was like biology, so he did talk about it. Oh. Sponges. Sponges. Yeah. <laughs> yeah sad for him. I know. Never married. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Just kind of. Well, Explains a lot. It really does. <laughs> I think I love you, and uh, I bought you a sponge. Uh, never you mind. Bought, bought me a what? <laughs> Uh, you know what? Wow, I just remembered. Upset stomach. Got to run. <laughs> got the runs? No, got the runs. Sorry. 610-720-7900. Barry, thank you for being patient with us. Good morning. You're on More Than Money. Hey, Gene, I'm going to ask a quick question. I'm going to hang up and let you answer. Um, uh, what, plain and simple, get right to the chase. Uh, what's the cause of the inflation and how do we fix it? Have a safe day, and uh, your co-host has an awesome radio voice. Oh, right. thanks, Thank Barry. <laughs> Thank you. God bless you, sir. 610-720-7900. Um, okay, inflation. At the, at the root of the inflation issues that we're currently facing, uh, all the other excuses aside, supply chain issues and rising interest rates, et cetera, et cetera, that's smoke. That's smoke screen that's that's dust in the air has has nothing to do with the fundamentals the fundamentals are our energy the fundamentals are crude oil that a year less than a year and a half ago um, could be had for 36 dollars a barrel this past week topped 100 dollars a barrel up over 200 percent tripled in 14 months what changed the president, plain and simple, uh, the uh, energy policies coming out of D.C. Uh, literally shut down the pipeline, not internationally, only in the United States. Now, I'm going to make two additional comments. I'm going to expand on the inflationary impact, but don't let me forget to circle back to the Russia issue. Okay. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Um for those of you who drive a car, as long as you're not plugging it in to get energy, uh, every time you pull up to the pump now, you go, WTF, are you kidding me? I am paying 20 bucks, not 20 bucks to fill my tank, 20 bucks more to fill my tank. Every tank, once a week, twice a week. Um, Andrew has a car. Zach has a car. Alyssa has a car. We're talking about $40, dollars $60 a week. We're talking about two, three, four thousand dollars $4,000 a year. That's just for the cars. 
if you are, as I am, heating your house with uh, heating oil. Which I am. WTF. Yeah. You get the first bill and you go, um, okay, this uh, this week I think mac and cheese and sloppy joes. Ray- Raymond noodles. <laughs> or ramen. Ramen. However you pronounce it. Sponge. <laughs> you say ra- Raymond ramen. Uh, it is an insanely uh, difficult um, um, specter of how do we um, put a lid on inflation when energy is at the heart of everything we do. For those of you who have gone through, all of us have gone through pandemic, but for those of you who have found, I can get basically anything delivered that I can possibly think of. Mm-hmm. You know, Uber, Uber, Uber Eats, I can get food delivered. I can get my groceries delivered. I can get... Gosh, you know what? We need one of those things. Oh, yeah, it's like a spongy, spongy thing. Okay, just order it up. And a truck will pull up to your front door and drop it off. What do you think fuels those trucks? We, are, we have become a distribution society. Um, when was the last time you just headed over to the mall and just went shopping just to poke around and see what's over there? I don't have time for that. Well, I understand. <laughs> but when, when was the last time an average person? Oh, not very often. Not anymore, no. no. If you're going to kind of browse, you go online. That's right. You shop on your phone. Shop on the phone, <laughs> order it up, and then somebody puts gasoline in their vehicle or diesel in their vehicle, and they head on over and they drop it off. So distribution centers of which the Lehigh Valley has way too many. Oof. Are you kidding me? Warehouse Central. And, and what, a third of them empty? Yes. Big empty shells. Um, well, at least they're attractive. You know, <laughs> they add to the landscape. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if you're looking at anything connected to energy, okay, my apologies, let me rephrase that. Everything is connected to energy. You say, geez, Gene, you're a financial advisor. It doesn't, uh, you don't have to deliver your stuff. We still have to heat the office. We still have to cool the office. We still have to uh, get our uh, employees and our clients to and from our office. Every single person, every single person is affected dramatically. When your energy costs, underlying energy costs in a nation go up um, crude um, 300%, it's inevitable. What do we do to fix it? Well, I told you I'd circle back to Russia. Uh, our current president, when it, it's, oh, it's just wearisome. Oh, my God. Our current president has uh, a laid claim that in response to the Russia insane invasion of the Ukraine, um, they were going to issue... Dramatic sanctions, dramatic, draconian sanctions. Well, not on their energy, not on their oil, because, you know, other people, that might hurt other people. So, all right, let's think out loud. There's a Harvard economist this week who announced, uh, who in the discussion about sanctions on Russia, so let's be honest. Russia is a gas station. Russia produces basically nothing. Some, some minerals, some raw materials, fundamentally they're a gas station. So you want to hurt Russia, you want to turn off the cash flow that funds a, an invading army, blockade their oil, sanction their oil. President Biden won't do that. 
He will sanction American oil. He will crush a pipeline that was so dynamic just 18 months ago that we were exporting energy at the highest level in American history, making tons of cash flow, creating tons of jobs and and tons of income for the federal government and putting us on an energy independent um, um, basis like we had not seen for decades. And they turned that upside down in, in weeks, in weeks. And we're paying the price. So, Barry, I appreciate the call. I appreciate the question. Uh, inflation is nasty, highest in 40 years last year. It is going to be slightly lower this year. It's not accelerating at, at as fast a rate. But there's nothing in um, uh, on the radar that would suggest that we're out from under this anytime soon. My apologies. Six one zero seven two zero seventy nine hundred. February newsletter is out. If you uh, get it electronically, you had it days and days and days ago. If you get it uh, by snail mail, as I do, got it yesterday. So make sure you check that out. Lots of interesting questions there. Um, the questions are good. The answers are fabulous. He's saying that because he wrote. The- oh yeah, that's right. I remember that now. Huh. Huh. Yeah. <laughs> like, who wrote I see this? what you did oh. there. Actually, the best answer came from Mark Basak. Oh, well, he yeah, always has the best answer. This is the best answer. He's, <laughs> it's a question about uh, Social Security, and Mark was kind enough to uh, to be a guest columnist oh, and nice. give us that answer. So there's lots going on there, and um, some of my own opinion pieces. And then the photo that goes along with this month's newsletter comes from our very own Stephanie Thompson. Oh, nice. I didn't know she took that. She did indeed. And she takes wonderful, Beautiful. wonderful photographs. 610-720-7900. Alyssa at AskMTM.com. Uh, did you want to share that? Sure. Um, we got a nice email from one of our clients and loyal listeners. Um, this was actually addressed to Chad, one of my fellow financial advisors. And it says, Uh, Good morning, Chad. Just wanted to drop you a quick note, especially in light of the drop in the stock market. I can remember at work, the advisor we worked with at the firehouse, how guys would attack him in bad times. We know you are a man of faith. And as we tell people in these times, keep looking up. All of this for believers is temporary and our true riches are being prepared in heaven. We know that God is in control no matter what happens. We are praying for you, your family, and everyone at MTM. As we said in our last Zoom meeting, you are still on our Christmas card list. (laughs) (laughs) Um, First of all, uh, what a wonderful guy, wonderful family. Yes. Uh, We're very blessed that not only is uh, this gentleman, he's a little further afield, he's down south, Mm -hmm. um, but has chosen to to trust uh, MTM to be his financial advisor for, for he and his wife and their family. Um, what a wonderful sentiment. And I got to say, this guy must be really good at praying because we got this early in the week and the markets were for poop, mm-hmm. which is a technical term that you're probably going to learn in the next few chapters. Yeah. I think yeah. it's in the, like the hardest. Yeah. The hard part, yeah. you know, when you go to the advanced yeah. settings, <laughs> um, by the end of the week, uh, yesterday, the Dow was up. Are you sitting down? No. 
834 points on the Dow. Um, it was up the day before. It had a 800-point turnaround on Thursday. It was up 800 points. So from its low on Thursday to end of business yesterday, over a 1,600-point gain. Holy cow. So you can either credit that to this gentleman's prayers or, as I told a couple of my clients at the end of the week, I found a button uh, in our software that we use yeah. uh, to push to make the market go up. Oh, so you talk, you did the toggle. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you toggled yeah. over. Yeah, I said, oh, I found the button. Wait a second. <laughs> this was set on markets going down. <laughs> Let's see what it looks like going up. Oh, look. Oh, I like that. Plus yeah. 1,600 points. Yeah. So you're welcome. Actually, I think it was more. Uh, Mark uh, Belsack will go into more detail about exactly that in about uh, 17 minutes. So don't, certainly don't go anywhere uh, between now and then. Uh, if you have a question for us, 610, and somebody does have a question for us. Look at that. I say it, and the phone wow. rings. That's fantastic. 610 720 900, if you want to reach Alyssa directly, A-L-Y-S-S-A at askmtm.com. And, of course, you can send me your emails as well, gene at askmtm.com. Uh, quick uh, break, our first break of the show. Don't go anywhere. When we return, we're going to answer your questions right here on More Than Money. Gene Dickerson, you have Alyssa Young. We're here to answer your questions, your emails, your comments, and happy to do exactly that. If you're just joining us in the first half hour, uh, we did announce that the February newsletter is out, one of our better. I think if you um, have not yet subscribed to our newsletter, easiest way to do that electronically is just send me uh, your um, email, gene at askmtm.com. You can certainly sign up for the email on the website. That's right. If you go to the media menu, there's a link that says subscribe to our newsletter and you just pop your email address into the little box and you're on the list. So if you happen to be listening to our show through iHeartMedia from our website, morethanmoneyonline.com, while you're there listening, click on over, sign up for the newsletter. You'll get that in just a day or so. Once we get you into the email list, you'll get it automatically. And once you get on the snail mail list, uh, the February newsletter should have, we should get that to you by Memorial Day. That should absolutely, <laughs> I'm fairly confident about that. We talked about the markets, the dramatic turnaround starting on Thursday. We talked a little bit about the Russia-Ukraine issue and my uh, discomfort, how to be polite, uh, with our current political administration who will not shut down the Russian um, cash flow by shutting down their pipelines, their oil pipelines, but they will shut down 
American cash flow and American pipelines and cause inflation to go through the roof. Uh, in 10 minutes or so, we're going to be welcoming Mark Belsack to the phones. And Alyssa and Mark will be talking about all manner of things. Very interesting stuff indeed. But most importantly, 610-720-7900. We go back to the phones and we talk to Eric. Eric, good morning. Good morning, Gene and Alyssa. I love the show. Thank you. I recently inherited uh, some money, and I would like to gift some of that to a relative. Sure. Now, the gift amount will be greater than the $15,000 federal gift tax reporting limit, but substantially less than the lifetime limit. Sure. My understanding is that while I'll, we will have to report that, it will not be taxable. Am I correct in my understanding? Yes, sir. 100%. Oh, fantastic. <laughs> you, you've, he's oh, been that, a that was... <laughs> <laughs> He's learned from listening to the show. Good job, Eric. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. I just wanted to uh, verify that. All right. Very good. Well, thank you. Yeah, you're very welcome, sir. All righty. Bye-bye. 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 Uh, it does surprise people that that they can give more than what they've kind of heard over the years. It's 15000 and once you get above $15,000, you are going to have a problem. It surprises them. There's really not a problem. It's just a piece of paper, right? You just yeah, have to file something. One yeah. document along with your 1040, it's the simplest thing you ever yeah. saw. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Kind of like staying in the studio. Simplest thing you ever saw. Um, <laughs> oh, but, that's great for Eric. Uh, indeed. And for those of you listening, going, that was too short. What? It, how did that work? What? Um, <laughs> pretty simple. Uh, the, the IRS gives you two bites at the gifting apple. The first bite is really, really simple, and it's the one that most people are pretty well aware of. You are allowed to gift up to $15,000 per person, per calendar year, per per calendar year, not rolling year, per calendar year. So you could give 15000 December 31st and 15000 January 1st. Um, but 15000 per calendar year per person, as many people as you wish, they do not have to be related to you, and they pay no income tax, and you don't even have to file the one piece of paper. But in this case, Eric is being incredibly generous, mm-hmm. and he's saying, I want to give away some money to somebody who needs it more than I do, and it's gonna, it's not going to be fifteen. it's probably going to be 25 or 30 whatever the number is. The first 15000 we don't have to report, but the other we do. I think it's, I want to say 706. Ooh, I should never do that. I should never, ever talk about form numbers because <laughs> I have no idea what I'm talking about. Uh, but it's one form that your professional tax preparer can help you with. Should not increase the fee to do your taxes in any way, shape, or form. And that allows you to access your lifetime gift limit. And do you remember what your lifetime gift limit is? $11.7 million. <laughs> Yes, it is. And if you're married? Twice that. And interestingly enough, uh, and this doesn't come into play very often, but on the occasions that it do, it, that it, that it do <laughs> <laughs> my English teacher's spinning in her grave. Um, in the cases where it does come into play, it, it's very, very uh, important. Um Upon the death of a spouse, it would be presumed that your gift, lifetime gift limit would drop from the married $23 million down to the $11 million. 
It doesn't have to. The spouse can elect to, in essence, uh, acquire the unused lifetime gift limit of their spouse. So um, a young lady loses her husband. They have a substantial estate. Um, She wants to make significant gifts or has a substantial estate. She doesn't want tax to the federal government. It is the gift and estate tax exclusion. Uh, She can elect to take her husband's unused portion and still have the $23 million. Very nice, which makes sense since the spouse inherits the deceased spouse's assets, right? They should also inherit the ability the, to give them away. Yeah. I like the way you think. Um, it's uh, You're absolutely right. It makes perfect sense, which is why it's shocking. <laughs> that the government allows it to happen that way. <laughs> what are they thinking? Yeah. <laughs> uh, they clearly had no idea what they were doing. 610 720 Gene at com. Alyssa at com. one of our most loyal listeners, uh, says... I heard a story this morning that the SEC is considering a reg that would bring RICO charges against short sellers in the stock market. Have you heard anything about this? If it's true, it would be another example of federal government overreach, punishing the little guys. Uh, this is a story that's not terribly new. Um, gosh, and Alyssa might remember last, I think it was last summer, um, GameStop was in the news because it was being pummeled by institutional uh, short sellers. Mm -hmm. Pensions, mutual funds were selling it short. Pensions, my my apologies, hedge funds, not mutual funds, selling it short. And some of its stockholders slash fans got really steamed. And they went, Eh, you know what, we're going to stick it to you. And they started buying the stock and sending the stock price really high. When you sell a stock short, you're betting it's going to go lower. And if you're wrong, you lose money. And you can lose a lot of money. Um, Stock options are leveraged often. And if you bet a dollar, you can lose three or five or 10. So if you bet $10 million in your hedge fund, and somebody decides to pull the plug on you, you can your your investors can be out 30, 40, 50 million bucks in a blink. Oh yeah. So there was a lot of discussion back then about this isn't right. This is that we gotta do something. And the reality is, uh, Jim's absolutely right. It it was it's been going on for a hundred years on the big boy network. It's when the little guy uses it that the SEC gets their knickers in a twist. I have not heard any suggestion that this is true um, since then. So my suspicion is that either this is kind of uh, old news recycled Mm. or a report that was just kind of floating out there. Internet. You Google something on the Internet, you darn well better check whatever date you can find because we have tons of people calling us and saying, hey, you know what I just learned? And it turns out it was like from 2003. Yeah. That's not good. No, and especially when you're talking about uh, you know, financial and tax-related information Ugh. with the changes in laws and things. You know, There's all kinds of stuff that's out of date on the Internet. Um, you'll find information about like when you need to start taking your required minimum distributions and how much you can contribute to your IRA and... Those numbers 
a couple years as of a couple years ago are wrong, you know, different now. So if you found an old article, that data is not accurate anymore. Yeah. Can I give you a really current example? Yes, please. A really current example. I mean, like moments ago. Ooh, yes. Wow. Hot off the press. Indeed. Yeah. The annual exclusion is no longer 15,000. Oh, what as is of, it now? As of 2022, it's 16,000. Oh, wow. And okay. um, Robert was all over that. Nice. Thanks, Robert. Indeed. Um, we well, just, yeah, we have to recalibrate our brains now. 16. Got yeah, it. Yeah, I'm not really clear that I have a good shot at recalibrating my brain. But uh, I do have my cheat sheet that was newly issued that's 2021. Yep. This is tw- what does 2021 a, say? Um, it says 15,000. Ah, I need a new f- key financial data cheat sheet. Um, I'm thinking the copy machine will be a, a blur on, on Monday when yes. we get in. Robert, thank you very much. Perfect example. Boy, how did he know we were going to be talking about stuff like that? It's crazy talk. <laughs> Sir? I have a question if you're ready to tackle it. Nice woman called up. She was too shy to go on the air. It happens. And every year at Christmas time, she gifts her children $15,000. Now, the one child did not cash that check until uh-huh. 2022. Ah. So the question becomes does that count towards 2021 when she gave it the money or 2022 when she cashed the check? 2021. Simple, simple question, simple answer. She made the gift in 2021. That's when it counts. There's no tax either way. Right. 610-720-7900, gene at askmtm.com, Alyssa at askmtm.com. Young lady, our guest is uh, available for you. Would you do the honors, please? Sure. Um, I would like to welcome our colleague, um, financial advisor Mark Belsack to More Than Money. Good morning, Mark. Well, good morning. How are you both doing? We're doing well. How are you? I am doing well also. Thank you. Great. Um, I'm happy that you're here with us. We um, have some things I think are very timely and inter- you know interesting to people right now because um, we had a whirlwind of a week, didn't we? Um. I would have to say so. Whirlwind of a week, of a month, of a year. <laughs> yes. Sure. Yes, yes. Because I, th- I think you were just on with us a couple of weeks ago, and it was after sort of similar circumstances then also. We said, wow, what a week. And here we are again. Um, so, yeah, it's been um, kind of persistent. Um, so yes. Yeah, so thanks for taking some time so we can talk about it today. I know there's probably a lot of people have um, been looking at their their 401ks or their IRA balances and or even watching the news and they probably have a little bit of agita. Um, What have you been hearing from from your clients this week and and this this year, I guess? Oh, no concerns whatsoever. One's uh, really been doing well. And no, it's, uh, you know, the important thing to recognize is that all of this anxiety comes in in different flavors. And it's important to really get a good understanding of exactly what, how does that anxiety translate to you? Mm -hmm. Because everybody's different and you've got everybody from, you know, I met with clients this week and they said, ah, you know, this is terrible. I don't like it. I've been here before. My goals are long-term and I know that we're going to pull through this. Mm -hmm. And 
the reality is the market has a 100% success rate of getting through these tough times. Then I've got other clients who are really, really anxious and really upset, and they say, I just, I can't deal with this. Maybe we should go to cash. Mm-hmm. And so having an understanding of exactly where, where you fall on that anxiety spectrum, that's a critical piece. And so my, my single biggest piece of advice for everyone listening is that the most important thing that you can do is discuss these concerns with your financial advisor. And if you don't have a financial advisor, or if you're looking for a second opinion, we're obviously here to help at MTM. And talking through your anxiety levels is really going to get to the the crux of what's going on. Mm -hmm. And then your financial professional, who's been through many different times like this before is going to be able to talk you through what's the best possible solution for you. Uh, I have to say, I I hear you tell people um, day in and day out on the phone, you call me. If you're concerned, if you're feeling anxious, if you have questions, call me. Don't wait. Pick up the phone and call. And uh, I know you're always grateful when your clients do that and you get the opportunity to have those conversations. Um, so one of the things that you might be talking about with with people is, you know, if, if you have choices to make, you know, decisions to make in a time like this to adjust things or to make them more comfortable. Um, one of those discussions might be about the types of investments um, that they're in, right, the things that are in their portfolio during times like these. Do you have any um, you know, specific uh, talking points or, or feedback or suggestions for people about that in particular? Like what? What, what makes sense um, for, for volatile times? Because I think we're probably looking at a little bit of a bumpy ride, You're not, you know, for the next couple of months, the year, right? So what, what are you telling people about that? Yeah, so th- that's an interesting um, – it's an interesting topic because, again, everything is customized to the individual client. But it's important to recognize what really differentiates all of this volatility, Right. I'm a big believer, and I've talked to my clients, that fundamentals drive the long-term returns of the market. And that's what's the economy doing. Uh, that's our companies uh, reporting good earnings. And all of this noise and this negative sentiment creates uncertainty. It creates fear. That irrational uh, behavior drives short-term volatility. And so each of these layers of dark clouds, whether it's COVID or inflation or the Fed or a recession or Ukraine, all of these layered on top of each other prevents the bright light from coming through, prevents the sunshine from coming through. And there's really some good news out there. So having the conversation to discuss your level of anxiety really helps an advisor determine, well, what's the best solution for you? Now, To answer your question specifically, it's also important to understand that not all investments behave exactly the same way. And I'm going to give you a perfect example. So let's use the year-to-date returns of some of the major indices as our benchmark, Mm -hmm. right? So year-to-date, the S&P is down 7.8%. The Dow is down 6. The Russell 2000, which is an index of mid and small caps, is down 9. And the NASDAQ, which you know, 45% of which, let's be honest, are, are three big companies, Apple, Amazon, and Microsoft. That's down close to 13%. Mm-hmm. 
So if you look at those numbers individually, you say, wow, this isn't good. Mm-hmm. That everything is down as a whole. There's really no safe haven. And that's not necessarily true. And so answering the question, is your, is your anxiety saying, I don't want to be down at all, period, end of story? Or does it say, I don't want to be following the major indices and I just want to be protected? Because they're two very different answers. And the reality is if you, if you look beneath those numbers and you look at different segments of the market, there's actually bright spots. For example, I've had conversations on the radio before, the differentiation between growth and value. And over the last 14 months or so under the Biden administration, value's actually done pretty well. Mm-hmm. There's less prospects for the future for growth, and are we going to be locked down? Are we going to be free to go outside? And so there's a lot of inconsistency, which presents some challenges for growth-oriented companies. But everyone needs soap. I personally don't need shampoo, but <laughs> you, need, uh, you need your razors. You need So the companies like your Targets, your Walmarts, your Procter's and Gambles of the world, these are all value-type companies. And regardless of what inflation does, they're still going to generate business. If you look at the value aspect of the S&P, the S&P value companies, mm-hmm. on a year-to-date basis, they're only down 2.79%. So someone may look at that and they may say, well, that's not bad. Mm-hmm. And so if you're answering that question in that fashion, then perhaps reevaluating what segments of the market you're invested in is a good idea. Bonds are another reasonably safe haven. Uh, this year is a bit in question because of what the Fed's going to do. We know they're going to raise rates. Uh, we also know that interest rates rising has an inverse or opposite relationship with bond prices. So we're entering a time where bonds could also be a little bit challenged, but they're likely not going to be down as much as or as volatile as the stock market. So readdressing your overall asset allocation could be an idea. There's a lot of stopping points between your current allocation and let's go to cash, and we can figure out where to move in between. If you're of the camp, I don't want to be down at all. There are also investments, Gene, uh, both you and Gene have talked a lot about these buffered strategies, which provide some downside protection in volatile times, yet... Why I love them, I'm an optimist. Last time we talked on the radio, I said I'm a glass-half-full guy. Mm -hmm. I do believe that this market is going to rebound. And so these buffered strategies will give you the the peace of mind knowing that you do have some downside protection, but you don't lose the opportunity to participate, not if, when the market rebounds. Right. And that's a wonderful thing as well. So – It's important to have that open dialogue with your advisor or a financial professional to really get down to what's bothering you. And there's there's lots of points in between where you're currently invested and I need to throw everything under the mattress because, as we know, if you put all your cash under the mattress – it's really uncomfortable. <laughs> it's lumpy. Yeah, I mean, we talk lumpy. about, you know, getting in and out of the market not being the best move in a long-term strategy. So you're saying you can be you can adjust so that you're more comfortable without completely pulling the plug, right? And 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 you're still participating and you're not I'm going to miss out on on the upside. 
Sure. Yeah. If you look at the when the pandemic started in 2020, that's a great example. Um, I, none of us. This is it was a generational event. It was the fastest bear market in history, the fastest recovery in history. We di- dipped into a recession. It was really trying times. And so if you pulled your money out, you missed the opportunity for the upside. Mm-hmm. So having that conversation and listen, I'm not going to say that that there were none of my clients who really felt that it was the right decision for them to go to cash. But having a conversation and talking about, listen, this is what the market's doing. This is what you are doing. Because oftentimes they're two very different things. Mm-hmm. Uh, typically, you know, we don't have very many clients who are 100% in the stock market. So your bond exposure is going to help offset some of the mood swings that the stock market has. And so the likelihood is you may not be performing exactly as what you see on TV. And that's another reason why it's important to have that conversation. But I'm always a big believer that we will get through this. There are ways to ensure that you don't miss the opportunity, but maybe you you adjust your risk profile. You know, the, the saying that we have is to mitigate risk. Mm-hmm. You want to find ways to offset the mood swings, yet not lose opportunity for when that time comes that the market will rebound. Excellent. Mark, I got to jump in here because we're coming up on a hard break, but I, I want to highlight uh, uh, Mark's very wise counsel of staying in, um, being calm, uh, being true to yourself is all incredibly important. And dovetail that with Alyssa's comment about timing the market being a fool's errand. Uh, If you were trying to time the market, and sadly, we've got a couple clients here and there that just said, we can't take this. Let's just sell out and go to cash. Not very many, way less than 1%. But beginning Thursday morning, the market looked like it was going to slide off the edge. And it rebounded over two sessions, almost 2,000 points. And if Wednesday was your day where you just reached capitulation, Mm -hmm. I can't take it. You missed a huge chunk of the opportunity to rebound. Mark, we got to go, but thank you so much. Your insights are fantastic. Thank you, sir. I'm going to bounce. Ah, God bless. (laughs) Very nice. Uh, Thanks, Mark. I appreciate that. Mark uh, highlights, we got to bounce too. Hey. Ah, mid-show break, hard news, top of the hour, Fox News, all the information you need. I think you just got all the information you need. That was Mark Belsack, fantastic. 610-720-7900. Gene at AskMTM.com. Alyssa at AskMTM.com. Back with you after this on More Than Money. Keep on giving. Welcome back to More Than Money. You've got Gene Dickinson. You have Alyssa Young. We are happy to be serving you for the next 53 and a half minutes and getting your questions asked and answered. 610 
Uh, Alyssa, A-L-Y-S-S-A, at askmtm.com. Gene, G-E-N-E, at askmtm.com. And morethanmoneyonline.com. You got everything on the website. You got you can listen to the show. You can ask questions. You can explore all kinds of uh, podcasts and videos. Contact us directly. It's a lot of information. And John's out of the studio. So if you're calling in right this moment, John is stepped away for a moment so to let that ring and he'll get that we certainly hope momentarily um okay um i've got this one i want to do you took a call yep john's gonna take that call and i'm gonna do this one real quick okay years ago if i sold my home i had two years to buy a home of equal or greater value if i did not do so there were potential tax ramifications what are the most recent laws regarding the sale of a home? And are there still reinvestment requirements? The reinvestment requirements were largely dropped away. Uh, and, and this uh, uh, email is absolutely right. There was a time where if you sold your home and you made 100000 of profit, as long as you bought a new home within two years, equal or larger uh, dollar value, you did not have to pay tax. The new law says... If you're a single person, you can sell a home, a residence, one that you live in, for up to 250000 of profit, not sale price, profit. So you bought it for three hundred, you sold it for four fifty. that's 150000 of profit, you pay no tax. You don't have to buy a new home. Right. Uh, the other um, wrinkle that came a cropper, a good one, in the old uh, rules, you could do that once in your lifetime. Now you can do it every two years. You don't have to reinvest, but if you want to sell, buy and sell, buy and sell, buy and sell. We have, uh, in the past, we've had clients who in retirement decided they love flipping houses. So they would buy a house, live in it, renovate it while they're living in it. Dreadful idea. Yeah, that sounds Dreadful terrible. Dreadful <laughs> idea. But for some people, they just adore it. They just think that's great, grand fun, and sell it two years later for 100000 of profit and do it all over again. Mm. So fantastic. So uh, new rules. Uh, if you're married, 500000 of profit, and you can do that every two years and have a ball. 610-720-7900. We go to the phones. We talk to Barbara. Barbara, good morning. Good morning, Gene. How are you? Wonderful. How may we serve you? I want to know more about this ESG and the banking industry. Um, sure. Uh, ESG uh, is a, a phrase that a lot of folks are starting to become more familiar with, and a lot of folks are not. They It doesn't uh, enter into their vocabulary. Uh, it stands for environmental, social, and governance. It is a form of investing that attempts to put a value system on the investment process. So uh, environmental, pretty obvious if you're a person who believes in global warming. And I absolutely did this morning because, goodness, I got out there and I had to strip <laughs> off my coat because, oh, now wait a second. That's probably wait the opposite. Yeah, that's the opposite of, of global warming. It's cold out there. Um, uh, the social issues. Uh, it may be um, tobacco that uh, you're saying, hey, I just don't want to have anything to do with that. It may be alcohol. Uh, governance is uh, 
I'll give you a good example. If you're investing in Russia, Russian oil companies right now, you, you don't give a crap. You, mm. you don't give a crap about the world. Uh, so that that's a governance issue. There are a lot of investment groups who have been attempting to create their investment platforms to be sensitive to ESG um, value systems or principles. There are a lot of banks that are attempting to do the same thing in terms of where they lend money or where they don't lend money. And sadly, there are a lot of companies that are trying to paint themselves as uh, very um, environmentally and socially and from a governance standpoint, very sensitive. And in reality, it's it's uh, for many of them, uh, they are the Al Gores of the cor- corporate world where they are pounding the table and making sure that all of you know that you're really being bad and you, you're you bad people because you are ruining the environment. You are ruining the environment and it, it does this Forrest Gump thing. And then he jumps on his private jet and flies all over the country. Um, so, uh, back to his mansion. So his carbon footprint would dwarf any 100 of us, but he will preach to us. ESG is something that for some folks is, is extremely important. It is part of how they approach their day-to-day living, and they want it to be part of their investments. For a lot of folks, um, hasn't even shown up on the radar. How important is it if your bank is involved or not involved in it, depending on your standpoint? Yeah, from my standpoint, um, with with just a couple of exceptions, um, banks are a commodity. Uh, if if you're looking at whether a bank is involved on in an ESG basis, uh, from from the standpoint of of whether or not you should do business there, um, I, I I'm thinking that. For me and for lots of folks, it's a non-issue. The issues are, do I get good service? Is the bank honorable? Are they protecting us? Are they doing the right things? Uh, we, we talked not long ago, a couple of weeks ago, about how Charles Schwab has really stepped up their cybersecurity issues and have helped a number of our clients, uh, protected a number of our clients. If you're, if you're getting all that from your bank, uh, whether it's large or small, um, then the ESG thing, I think, personally, I think is irrelevant. Uh, if you're not getting all that, by the way, again, I think ESG is irrelevant. They're really sensitive, but they stink as a bank. Yeah, that's not a good combo either. Okay. All right. So so if you're on one side or the other, is it important? Now, I'm not looking for a loan, thank God, but um, can they refuse you a loan if you're not on board with the, the ESG principles? Yeah, the answer is, can they? I think they can. Would they? That's a very different question. And I think at current, under the current environment, forgive the the phrase, under the current set of circumstances, I think that would be very unusual. I don't okay. think very many banks are doing that. I think there probably are some, um, but I don't believe that that's a, a high percentage. Okay. All right. Thank you for the info. Oh, thank you, Barbara. Thank you for the call, and God bless. God bless you, too. Thank you so much. Bye. 610-720-7900. Mark calls and the phones light up and we get good questions. Mm-hmm. You took a question off air. I did. A woman called and said that um, her advisor is talking about within a brokerage account, a taxable account, moving money from one mutual fund to another and used the term in kind, and she's trying to understand how that can be done without 
tax implications? Uh, we just did it. Um, so um, in just a couple of weeks ago, mm-hmm. uh, we had one of our investment partners um, voluntarily agree uh, to lower the fees that they were charging our clients um, by moving from a higher fee level share class to an institutional class and lowering their expenses. Mm-hmm. Hmm. How was that done without causing all manner of angst, expense, taxes? Um, it's it, you and I would call it a swap. Um, they they call it an exchange. The IRS refers to it as a like kind exchange. Translation: You're 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 replacing one thing with a v- identical thing uh, with with um, advantages, mm-hmm. um, with no um, detriment to to yourself, and effectively no change. And that's the key. Like kind means it's got to be the same kind of stuff. So you could not go from a bond fund to a stock fund. You could not go from real estate to stocks. Like kind is it's got to be the same mm-hmm. kind. And in this case, they were able to do all of that in a blink. No tax impacts, no costs, uh, and result for the client's lower expenses. So if your advisor is talking about that, would not surprise me. If the advisor's talking about exactly the same group. Right. Wouldn't surprise me. Yeah, it makes sense. Uh, because they're a very large investment group. They're very prominent. Uh, and um, as much as I would love to think that uh, they did it just for us, <laughs> I'm fairly certain um, they, they they have a bigger picture in mind. <laughs> That's just my thought. Yep. Uh, hopefully. Hopefully. 610-720-7900. Gene at askmtm.com, morethanmoneyonline.com. Do you want to do that yeah, one, please? Yeah, sure. Let's see. Let's see if you can take take this question. What are you going to say? What's mm. Gene going to say? Mm. With inflation going sky high, I'm mm. certain that gold and silver coins will be useful. I heard that there's a company that sells these coins inside IRAs and sends you the coins so you know they are safe and the real deal. I'm ready to shift my IRA to gold and silver coins. What does Gene think about this plan? Gene thinks that you're going to go to jail. Oh, <laughs> I wasn't expecting you to say that. Yeah, Gene <laughs> thinks that you're being sold a bill of goods. Gene thinks, Gene knows that the IRS regs do not permit individuals from investing IRA money and then holding the assets. Gene knows this for a fact. Uh, Gene has heard the same advertisements that this gentleman has heard. Now, uh, to be fair. To be fair. Thank you. uh, The last time I heard them was likely more than a year ago. So I haven't heard them recently. Apparently he has. And yes, the company says exactly what he's saying. Gold and silver. You got to buy the coins. They're going through the roof and you can do it with your IRA money. And we will send you the coins. It's illegal. So here's what happens. You take your IRA money. Let's just paint a nasty picture and say it's 100000 bucks, And you send it to them. And they cash the check. Just what you would expect. And they send you your coins. The IRS will say 
it's not an if, will say, you just cashed in your IRA. No, 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 I didn't. I bought silver and gold coins inside my IRA, and the IRS will respond, <laughs> oh, you foolish child. Uh, yeah, you fell, you fell victim to a scam. No, you didn't do that. You didn't do that at all. So um, let's paint the picture that this individual is 42 years old, not 59 and a half. So what will happen? A hundred grand comes out. The first thing that happens is that you pay a 10% penalty because you're too young. So $10,000 disappears. By the way, you got your gold and silver coins, so I'm sure you can sell them. Uh, no problem. Uh, Cause you're going to have to, cause you, your, your, your penalty is 10 grand and, and oof, don't you hate and when it's talking about pain uh, and the hundred grand goes on top of your income pushes you likely into a higher tax bracket. And I'm just picking a number. You're in the 25% bracket. So there's another 25,000 of tax. That's just federal state of Pennsylvania is going to be another three or 4,000 of tax. So you're going to be out mm, 40,000 bucks, but you got your gold and silver and maybe they're worth a hundred and maybe they're not because a company that would voluntarily Hmm, that's not the right word, intentionally cause you to violate the IRS regs, break the law. Would they have any conscience at all about selling you crap coins? I doubt it. I doubt it too. I doubt it too. By the way, with inflation going through the roof, as it has, this is not a prospective comment. This is a retrospective comment. Those are fancy terms for, I'm not trying to predict the future. I'm looking at what just happened. That's pretty good. Mm -hmm. Not bad at all. Uh, felt like I was in West Virginia there for a second. Yeah, whatever. Um, inflation last year, 40 year high. What happened to gold? Dropped. It basically did nothing. Went up a little bit, dropped a little bit, up a little bit, dropped a little bit. I think it ended, ended up flat. Okay. I think it ended either flat or slight negative. Yeah. So highest now, and every every commercial for gold, it is a storehouse of purchasing power. They known for centuries, millennia. It is the most desirable inflation predict, and it did nothing. Uh, the last few days, um, because of the Russia invasion. Um, it popped up a few dollars an ounce and the last I saw Friday, it had pulled back again. Mm -hmm. So, um, raw bullion gold per ounce as a commodity. Eh. What these scam, um, yeah, scam artists will, uh, assert. Oh, well, you don't want that. You want collectible coins because they're going to go up in value faster. Because we, we're really smart. We know how to buy the really good. You know, there's, and every, gosh, you just shake your head. I've been doing this too long, obviously. Every commercial. Recently discovered. Unbelievable. A secret stash of Morgan silver dollars. Untouched for a hundred years. No one knew they existed. They were probably in an old barn, maybe in New Jersey. That's just a big steaming pile of hoo-ha. Mm -hmm. It just doesn't. So, no, please don't do that. Please, please don't do that. 
610-720-7900, gene at askmtm.com, morethanmoneyonline.com. You have emails. You have some notes that you have nuggets. Nugget. You get to choose. Oh. Um, all right. Well, let's share a nugget, and then we can share an email. Nugget away. Okay. So this might seem basic, I guess, but maybe not if you haven't really thought about it this way. Um, so going back to the course material that I'm um, studying for this retirement income class, um, one of the things that we talked about actually in course in the week two in competency number two was about um, an important focus of retirement income planning being spending. Um, we talk on this show a lot about the saving and the investing part. Mm-hmm. Um, and now it's a it's another kind of angle to look at. Am I going to have enough money when I retire? And it's it's the spending side to, to look at how much you spend. Knowing how much you spend is step number one. Mm. A lot of people don't know their actual expenses. And I know we've talked about this on the show at times, but like a lot of times we're sitting across from people and I say, well, how much do you spend in a month? And 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 they don't know. And then when they do the math, it's often surprising mm. to them. So one of the things that you can do to help yourself plan is to track and categorize your expenses. Um, and so there's a few things you can a few ways you could look at it. One would be to look at fixed, required and variable expenses. So your fixed ones being like your mortgage payment, your insurance premium, your required expenses being health care, home repairs, and then on the variable side, things you could modify like your cable bill, your entertainment. Vacation. Vacation, mm-hmm. yep. And so when you have those three kind of buckets, you can give yourself more structure and discipline around spending, and then that will help you create a more stable financial future. Um, having that information helps your financial advisor too because when we talk about ways to generate income in retirement, um, sometimes it might help you to have a solution, an income stream that addresses, for example, your fixed expenses um, so that you don't have to worry about those. Mm. Um, And then when you know which which expenses are variable, um, one of the things I've learned is about how decreasing your spending or your withdrawal from your retirement plans in years when there's a downturn in the market mm. can make a really big difference in the lifespan of your portfolio. So if you know how much you're spending that you don't necessarily need to spend, you're mindful of that, then when performance isn't going to be great for you know for the coming year, you maybe you, you can tone that down a little bit and feel less anxiety about, uh, you know, outliving your money. Mm. So like I said, it sounds kind of basic, but it might help people to have a little bit more um, structured thinking about it because it's a big part of planning. And like I said, it helps us a lot uh, as financial advisors to have that information um, so we can do an even better job of creating a a plan for you that that will work. Um, Fundamentals. Uh, there are reasons why fundamentals are returned to time and time again, because they are foundational. If you build your home as an amateur to the scripture, I won't get it right, but I'll get it close. If you build your home on a solid rock foundation, it's going to weather the storm. If you build your home on sand, 
even though during the summer, living right on the beach, <laughs> it's lovely and it's romantical and it's a lot of nice stuff. Yeah, when the storm comes, your house is eight miles out in the ocean. Mm -hmm. It's nasty. So fundamentals are really, really crucial. I have said, hmm, a, without exaggeration, a billion times um, that the key to virtually every retirement question, every retirement question, what do you need to spend so that you're happy, healthy, and your bills are paid? When should I take Social Security? Okay. Before I answer that, what do you need to spend so you're happy, you're healthy, and your bills are paid? Well, I hadn't thought about it. We need to think about it. Yeah, I think a lot of people look at it more from what they earn now. Oh, well, and, and, and let me morph over to that a little bit. The vast majority of the clients that I have counseled over many, many years, when asked, what's your budget? Oh, geez, I have no idea. I have no idea. Okay. Um, particularly if I ask, what will, what will your budget be in retirement? I have no idea. Well, let's start with what are you spending today? And again, um, they, they're going to know the big pieces. They're going to know mortgage. They're going to have some idea about their real estate taxes. They're going to know nothing about what they're spending on food, particularly if they're a husband. They know nothing <laughs> about what food costs. But... <clears throat> It, for sake of discussion, I can get them pretty close mm -hmm. because if uh, they come in, uh, let's say we meet with a client and, and uh, husband and wife and they make 100000 a year, roughly 8500 a month, uh, and uh, say, what, what do you spend? We have no idea. Do you spend 15000 a month? Oh, oh, my gosh, no. That's crazy talk. We only make 8500 Okay. Can you live on 1500 a month? That's crazy talk too, because okay, now we have now we have some bookends, right? And and we can get it reasonably close. Are you saving any money at all? Uh, not very much. Are you investing in the four hundred one k? Oh yeah, we're maxing out our four hundred one. Well, then you're saving a bunch of money. You're making eighty five hundred, but you're not spending eighty five hundred. We can get close. <clears throat> One of the guidances that I give clients often: if you're unsure what your budget will be in retirement determine your budget now mm -hmm. because what you are spending now is likely really close to what you'll spend in retirement. It'll be spent for different stuff. Mm -hmm. You won't be buying clothes to go to work. You won't be, of course, most of us, a lot of folks work remote now. They're not buying clothes to go to work now. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> They're PJs. not <laughs> yeah, PJs. You won't be buying PJs to go to work. Um, <laughs> and, and the expenses might be more recreational. But generally speaking, if you're spending 6000 a month now, you're going to spend 6000 a month. By the way, that works both on the upside and the downside. <clears throat> we have folks, this is uh, no exaggeration, they come to us with $800, $900, million saved, worried, <clears throat> I'm just hoping against hope that you will tell us that we can afford to retire. Okay. You both worked. You have a million dollars saved. What, what we, what will your social securities be? He answers at, at I think 3000. She says, mine's going to be 2000. What are you spending? Oh, we absolutely have to have 3,500 a month. <laughs> we couldn't live without 3,500 a month. 
Okay, can you retire? Your Social Security pays all your bills. Yeah. And you got a million bucks. Yeah. And you got equity in your house because you know those folks have no mortgages and they have no debts. Yeah. And yet they're worried. Yeah. Those are the best conversations because then they they leave like like walking on air. Like they're like so happy. They float out the door. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. All right. You're going to want to tie a string to those folks because they're going to (laughs) float away. They are wonderful. And in retirement, you would think, uh, I think you can spend eight thousand a month. Oh my gosh! I we could never. Yeah. They don't change. You would think, hope perhaps that they would kind of loosen the purse strings, really live it up. Yeah. And they almost never do. Yeah. And one of the things I've been asking people now is really to envision what does retirement look like for you. And it, and there's you can get deeper into that. Do you, are you going to move? Are you going to do you want a vacation? Do you want to do this or that? And um, it opens up their mind to the possibilities. Or, or you can be our new friend Mike, who last week just said, "I don't want to retire." Yes, that's right. I don't want to. Don't so, make me. His lovely wife going, "No, you you really do, honey. You really do. No, no, I don't." <laughs> Good for him. Ah, voice of an angel. Last break of the show when we return. 23 minutes and 40 seconds left to answer your questions on More Than Money. So, 610-720-7900. Alyssa and AskMTM.com. MoreThanMoneyOnline.com. Back after this on More Than Money. I don't know how you keep on giving. Welcome back to More Than Money. You've got Gene. You've got Alyssa. We've covered a lot of ground so far. If you missed part of the show, remember, we put it on podcast. It goes on our website on Monday right around noon. John does his uh, technological magic, sends that over to Megan. Megan does her compliance magic, makes sure that the the, uh, gendarmes are not interested in us, that everything is as it needs to be legally, and then we post that. So you'll hear about our February newsletter. You'll hear uh, Mark Belsack talk about how to respond to the volatilities of the market and the impact of the Russia-Ukraine conflict, conflict invasion. Uh, You'll hear us talk about how the markets were volatile, but we gained over 2,000 points on the Dow in two sessions alone. We covered a ton of ground. Mm -hmm. And we have 23 and a half minutes. 610-720-7900. 610-720-7900. We got the phones we talked to. Joe. Joe, good morning. Good morning, Gene. I have a question. My husband is going to go into a nursing home probably within a week. Hmm. And I have an RMD that's coming up. Sure. And if I deposit that RMD money in my checking account, does that become that part of that 50% goes to him in the nursing home? Yeah, it will depend on the facility, the institution that we're talking about. Every every facility has their own financial policies. Some absolutely determine that 
50% of the marital assets are expected to be given to um, the nursing home. Uh, others say, here's our monthly rate, um, whether it's, uh, you know, for, for independent care, maybe it's only uh, $2,500, $3,000 a month, right on up to many folks are shocked to find that memory care units could be fifteen or 16000 a month. They will bill you monthly, and whatever an insurance, if there is insurance, whatever insurance does not pay, they expect you to pay. So they're not taking your assets, they're taking cash flow. So make sure that you're talking to, uh, confirming with uh, whatever nursing home your husband will be residing in and make sure that they are very clear with you what uh, how, how this is handled for you, for you specifically. Um, if indeed their policy is it's half of the marital assets and you take your RMD and you put it in your uh, checking account, the answer is, yeah, half of that will be ascribed to your husband. Uh, are you taking your RMD uh, now for a specific reason? Because I have to. <laughs> it's from last year. Oh, it's from last year. Oh, yeah, you're right. You have to. Um, so, um, what happens if I put it in another account that is just my name on it? Because I thought my 401k was kind of protected. But you can't yeah, take that. Well, your 401k has substantial protections. Uh, it's not um, bulletproof, but it's very, very good because it's yours specifically and because the courts have ruled uh, that uh, an, a, an individual, yourself, can't be impoverished by taking their retirement funds. They can attach cash flow, your RMDs, but they can't normally pierce your 401k and make you pull that out, pay tax and spend it. So yes, your 401k has some pretty reasonable uh, protections built into it. Can you take that money and put it into an individual account in your name? The answer is yes. Will that help? I'm not sure. Uh, I would certainly recommend that you talk to a, uh, an elder law attorney. Um, uh, the gentleman that was on our show last week, Keith Stroll is an attorney in both estate law and elder law. So if um, I, I would think it would be wise um, for you, to, whether it's Keith or some other attorney, to be very um, uh, what diligent about uh, mm-hmm. the clarity, making sure you understand exactly what you should or shouldn't do. Uh, if, if that's of value to you, um, certainly at the, uh, gosh, in 20, uh, what's 20 minutes or so, 19 minutes or so, we'll give you the contact information for our, our office. Or if you wish, you can send Alyssa an email, A-L-Y-S-S-A, at askmtm.com, and, and we'll make sure we connect you with Keith. Okay, thank you very much. Oh, you're very welcome, Joe. And God bless you. God bless you and your husband. God bless you, too. Thank you. Ah, uh, difficult. Very, mm-hmm. very difficult. Goodness. Um, my wife already knows that when my time comes, she is to pack a uh, backpack with about eh, three days' worth of food, drop me off in the North Hinterlands, and just drive away. Because mm. so Zach wants me to just tell him I'm taking him fishing. And... Now, you want to hear uh, an ironic uh, tale that I can share with you? Sure. Uh, growing up, my closest friend, uh, 
and his sister who I had a terrible crush on. Oh my God. (laughs) She was older and gorgeous. That's another story. Another story. Um, (laughs) My closest friend, uh, his, his mom and dad were fascinating people. Uh, I never heard his dad speak if his mom was in the room. Um, his mom was, uh, you want to talk about ahead of her time. Um, this 50 years ago, she was a CEO of a major music publishing company. She was just tough as nails. Amazing. Uh, growing up, we didn't like her. She ran the house like she ran her business. Mm. So every chance we get Johnny and I, we would just bolt. Uh, he spent most of his growing up years at my house overnights and weekends and just, it was great. Uh, sadly, many years later, his dad was diagnosed with dementia mm. and needed 24 seven care. His greatest passion, see if this rings a bell, fishing, <laughs> love to fish. Oh my gosh. Uh, he had an executive job usually would wrap up, he'd go in early, six, seven, wrap up at four, and by 4.15, he'd be in a stream. He'd be, that was his passion. Mm-hmm. Um, the facility where he resided uh, had a, a field trip for its patients, and they went fishing. Aww. How wonderful was that? That's great. And when they uh, brought everybody back together and returned, he wasn't with them. They lost them on the fishing trip on the fishing trip. And this woman who was tough as nails, all of a sudden is reaching out at this point, I've been a financial advisor for quite some time. Johnny and I are still very, very close. And I'm the person that she knows and trusts, even though at that point I'm going, really? (laughs) We didn't even want to be in the same house with you. Yeah. Um, devastated of course and uh as it unfolded months later months later there were hundreds of people searched for him oh my goodness months later um that was early spring it was late fall it was two young hunters found him sitting up against a tree and just as peaceful as can be, Aww. passed away. Oh, my goodness. So here's a gentleman hmm. that had up to that point four or five years of dementia. Mm-hmm. But he got to a place that he loved doing something that just gave him immense joy. And I think my theory, I'll, I'll find out when, when I graduate to the next dimension, mm-hmm. I'll look him up. <laughs> was it? I think he, with whatever vestiges of clear thinking he had left, he made that choice and pulled a Zach <laughs> and said, "Just, Just take, take me, me take me fishing." You know, that's a that's actually a pretty beautiful uh, story because you couldn't ask for a more peaceful way to go, right? Doing something that you love, being outdoors. I the only part of it that the bothers me is the fact that his loved ones and and even the people who were responsible for him had months of anxiety about where is he like if you know it's too bad they didn't find him for so long because that i imagine that was very stressful. Uh, it was terrible and it yeah. was terrible for the family of yeah. course 
uh, it was terrible for the facility, of course. Yeah. It was terrible on 100 levels. But for him. Um, <laughs> now, um, in, in a very similar vein, uh, my dad was very young when he passed. He was 62. Mm. Uh, my dad's been gone 33 years. I think about him every day. Um, the last day that he had on this earth, um, he spent with uh, me and my family and my what was then my baby girl, <laughs> who he adored, adored, like, like worshipped. And that night, turned to my mom and said, you know, I love you. She goes, I know. And he died. Devastating. Unbelievable. Painful. He was my best friend. I lost my father and my best friend in a blink. And then a year later, yeah, for a year I was a mess. I thought I was okay. I wasn't. I was a mess. But a year later, I looked back and I thought, this guy was connected. He had a pipeline to God. Because hmm. if you had to pick a way to exit, to say, Arriva Derchi, I'm done. I'm out of here. I got to bounce. I got to bounce. You would spend the last day of your life with everybody you love. Tell the person who loved you unreservedly, I love you. My dad's was was a mushy kind of guy. He would tell my mom that he loved her hmm, easily twice a year. Usually, you know, Valentine's Day <laughs> and maybe her birthday. He was not a gushy guy. Yeah. You would say to the person who had supported you and loved you and gave you this wonderful family that you adored, um, I love you. And then go in a blink. Hmm. No suffering, no pain, no, um, hey, lingering, no, no, no. Now, uh, yeah, would I have rather that I had had 33 more years? Yup. But would I have rather 33 more years if he had been in pain or suffering? Or And the answer is no. And it's just like Ruby. I'd, exactly. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Sure. In a blink. In a blink. No suffering. No. Um, and everybody who's ever had a pet that you loved, which means 99.9% of everybody listening, they understand. They understand. God bless us, everyone. Mm -hmm. You're a mush, too. You're a mush, too. You got to be a mush. Uh -huh. uh, one of our emailers is asking about uh, year-to-date stock market returns. Um, Mark had already gone through that mm -hmm. uh, back uh, in the 845 segment. So if you want to pick those up, uh, the uh, markets have declined, depending on the index, somewhere between minus 7 and minus 14. Yep. Yep. So um, now, interestingly enough, I, I'm certain that Mark was quoting numbers after Friday. Yeah, I think so. Because uh, prior to that, the numbers were much worse. And again, he's he's absolutely right. I, I'll give you simple numbers to give you some context. If you're out there going, my heart is pounding. I am really scared. I'm thinking this is Armageddon. Okay, hang on a second. Make sure that you know what uh, return your investments have given what in return your portfolio has returned. So very simple numbers. Um, let's, let's use the S and P. I think he said that was down seven. Yep. Seven and a half. I think uh, let's uh, use seven. Yep. Oh, let's use seven. Actually let's use eight. Cause okay. that, you'll see why in a second. Okay. 
uh, let's say that your investments are half in the S&P 500 and half in bonds. And let's say the bonds have done nothing. <laughs> Zero. Right. Well, you're not down eight. You're down four. Hmm. Now, what? whoa, wait, ha, hang on a sec. Yeah, that's, this is called fundamental math. <laughs> math is fundamental. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um, uh, you can temper, you can uh, adjust, you can, uh, it's, a, it's a dimmer switch, not an on-off switch. You can kind of ratchet up or ratchet down your risk, your return. And if the markets are going, ink, minus four is way better than minus eight, got it. It works on the upside too. Right. Plus 20 is not plus 20. It's plus 10. Right. But for the average client, if you said to somebody, you know, I can cut the downside experience that you're going to have in half. Would they be happy? They say, yes, please. And if they were, but keep in mind, hmm, if the stock market goes up 12%, you're only going to get six. What would your normal client respond to that? They'd say, that, that's not bad. <laughs> exactly. I'll take it. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, cutting off the bottom is what they're really, really committed to. Yeah. Cutting off the top is the price that we pay. Yeah. It's like you, they don't want to be greedy. Like, hey, you know, I'll be happy with six. It's better than losing 10, right? And on occasion, when you bump into a greedy prospective client, I have to say, are you cocoa for cuckoo for cuckoo, cocoa? Cuckoo for cuckoo cocoa puffs. For cocoa. Perfect. Uh, it's hard to say when you're. Uh, we have saved eighty thousand dollars. We'd like to retire next year on a hundred and twenty thousand. Uh, what? Let me pull out my magic wand. Uh, I don't have one. I, I, I. First time I saw Harry Potter go into, uh, oh, what was the name of the uh, the shop where they sold wands? Somebody out there knows this. Come on. Oh, my gosh. It's been too long since I've read the books and watched the movies. Even though I I read both of the the whole series, I read aloud to both of my kids. (gasps) To both? So you read them aloud twice? Yes. So when Andrew was around five, I started book number one and read through it with him. And then when Juliana was around Oliveries? Was it Oliveries? Oh, my gosh. I'm so embarrassed that I don't know. It it sounds like they're right or about. Kmart. Hang on. Now I have to look it up. John's trying to to be helpful. Kmart. uh, He he ordered it on Amazon. (laughs) Can you deliver that to the the under the stairs at whatever? And we even went to um, Universal and went to the wand store. And um, and I still am Ollivander's. 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 I'm, I'm ashamed of myself for not knowing that. Um, but anyway, I I could so maybe borrow the wand get... we bought at the Ollivander store in Universal and see if I can work magic for those clients who are cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. No, no. <laughs> Doesn't uh, work that way. Sorry. Sorry. A, a very wise man many, many years ago was explaining to me about his uh, philosophies, business philosophies, and about how you need to associate with people uh, as as colleagues, as employees, as part of your team that are uh, self-starters. And he said, you, you, you're going to find people that are inexperienced, but they're self-starters. You're going to find folks that are very smart and they're self-starters. And you're going to find a lot of people who are very educated, very um, experienced, and you can't get them to move from point A to point B with a gun. Huh. 
And so in my youthful, innocence, naive approach, I went, so, so how do I fix them? He said, son, when I was your age, I tried to fix them. I said, I'm going to fix them if it kills me. And I nearly died. He said, you can't, you can't, there, there, there are, you cannot, people are what people are. Yeah. And what, what is amazing and so gratifying for us. What what would what would your guesstimate be, um, somewhere between ninety seven and a hundred percent of the people that we meet in our more than money world headquarters are wonderful. Oh yeah, they're just they're wonderful, mm-hmm. amazing, wonderful people, good hearts, smart, um, have done great things, uh, love their families, yeah. reasonable. Yeah, uh, how about it? Uh, understanding, practical, insightful. Yeah. Uh, they're they're not looking for the crazy. Hey, uh, miracles. I, uh, on on occasion we get one or two, but yeah, they're not looking for. They don't expect miracles because mm-hmm. they know better. Mm-hmm. They know better. They're just uh, well, like our email that we started the show with, just saying oh, God yeah. bless you. Right. You know, we we know that there's a lot of crazy going on, and we worry about you. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I, I had a meeting with clients this week and they asked me to, are, you know, are you taking a lot of flack right now? Are people, you know, angry at you? And I said, maybe one, <laughs> but the rest understand that uh, I'm not controlling what's happening yeah. in the market. And the husband said, wait, you're not. <laughs> <laughs> and that's when I joked and, about the button. I and, found. They, and they have good sense of humor. <laughs> yeah. they, no, they get it. You got to have a sense of humor. Good yeah. for you. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we, uh, I had one gentleman this week, very good guy. He's been a client for 20 years plus. And this stuff does not throw him a curveball. He, he, we've, we've been together a long time. We've been through 08 together. We've been through lots of ups and downs. Mm-hmm. And it's always, as Mark says, glass half full. Mm-hmm. Just hang in. It's going to recover. Mm-hmm. Always has. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and he said, so, um, after we did, three minutes of discussion. Here's where you were. Here's where we are. Here's what we're recommending. Got it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all good. He said, so are people giving you a hard time? He said, are you, are you really like up against the bricks with phone calls? And I said, no, no. I think this week we had one truly, uh, Hey, we're heading for the Hills. Mm -hmm. And one that was, I'm really, really nervous. I need you to talk me in off the ledge. And, and once we discussed her portfolio, she went, oh, now, wait a minute. How stupid was I? Because <laughs> she was watching the TV right. thinking that that was applying to her. Really didn't. Yeah, that's one of the things we have in our paperwork when you start with us. One of the pieces of that long agreement document says the, in, the index does not necessarily mirror your portfolio or your investments. It's a benchmark. It's. An average, but it's, you know, not monitoring specifically what, you know, what you're invested in. So you have to be mindful of that and don't let the news scare you. Yeah, the index that most of our clients use is zero because they had money in the bank. And and they compare performance to the bank, not mm-hmm. the stock market. Mm-hmm. So for lots of advisors that live and die with, I made 11.13%. Somebody else made 11.16. Oh, no. I'm going to lose all my clients. 
Uh, and and there are lots of advisors that do exactly that. First of all, they own, all they do is, in, is is invest money. They're not advisors. Mm-hmm. Um, what would you guess now that you've got some experience under your belt? Mm-hmm. How much of your time is spent only on investing versus answering other questions? Oh yeah, the investment part is really only maybe I don't know a third of what I do during a week. And the rest of it is more about strategy and all those other things, the bigger picture. And that's why you need a financial advisor. And that's why I'm taking this retirement income class. It's about all those other tools and, um, you know, just tips and, yeah, helping people understand how rules apply to them. And it's not about the actual mutual funds that you're, are, are in your portfolio. And anybody listening who's been a loyal listener for any length of time um, will testify can I get an amen? Testify <laughs> amen. Uh, that the vast majority, how many of our questions are about uh, how to increase their rate of return on their investments? Few. Few. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but questions about social security, about estate planning, about gifting, about 529s, about s- tactics and strategies to make their lives better, make the, their family lives better. It's 98%. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. And that's fun. It is fun. Being of service, being of service. Mm-hmm. What an interesting concept. There was somebody years ago that said, if you wanted to be really great, you got to be willing to serve. Mm, it'll come to me. Yeah, we'll probably figure it out. Somebody will figure it out. Mm. Ah, we've got a wrap. We got to bounce. We got <laughs> things to do. You, you got to go back to the grocery store. Yeah. Oh, and no, so I have, much else. I have to clean, and I'm going to try to run like 20 miles today. Uh, and just to put in context, she will run 20 miles today. I started running uh, the first year. I started adding some treadmill work to my workouts the first year, and I'm at 26 miles. So I have oh, done a marathon. a marathon. It only took me two months. So uh, if you have questions about anything that you've heard today or if you'd like more information or just a free second opinion meeting with one of our advisors, all you have to do is ask. You can send Alyssa an email, A-L-Y-S-S-A at askmtm.com. Gene, G-E-N-E at askmtm.com. You can go to our website, morethanmoneyonline.com, morethanmoneyonline.com. And always you can go old school. Very simple, 610-746-7007. You can always leave a message. We'll get back to you or call uh, biz- normal business hours and talk to wonderful, wonderful people. 610-746-7007. Listen, good luck with the rest of your weekend. Thanks. You and uh, we'll see you next time All right. on More Than Money. Yeah,